When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. We are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Hello, Michelle Smallman, live at 101 ESPN in St. Louis. I am Evan Cohen, live at ESPN West Palm. Good morning, Smalls. Good morning, Evan. How are you? Well, I feel uh, vindicated a little bit because yesterday we sat here, we talked about how the Rams could be this sleeper Super Bowl team and that maybe they make a run. And I know it pains you to say that because you, as a St. Louis person, don't like the fact the Rams left your city. They go back to L.A. And last night they put a whooping at least early on on the New Orleans Saints. Saints came back late in this game. The final was 30-22. to The Rams were up 30-7. to And the, the Rams last night looked like a legit football team, Smalls, that you do not want to play if you were one of the better teams in the NFC. If you're San Fran, if you're Dallas, if you're the Lions, if you're the Eagles, this is not a team we saw last night that you would have any interest in playing in my mind. Absolutely not. They are the disruptor right now in the NFL, Evan. It's one of those things where we expected them to be taking this step forward into a new chapter. Whenever a team wins a Super Bowl, a lot of time there's a breakdown period and then you rebuild again. We kind of thought the Rams were maybe entering that phase, but boy, were we wrong. They are a legit team. They're hitting that crescendo at the right time. They've got the veteran pieces and they've got the young players like Kyron Williams and Puka Nakua that are stepping up for them. And you're right. If I'm if I'm a team in the NFC, I absolutely do not want to see the Rams right now. And oh, by the way, Matthew Stafford, who we've heard about retirement how many times over the last few seasons, is still really good at football. He is. I mean, 24 of 34, 328, two touchdowns last night. And you're right about all the weapons he now has. I mean, Kyron Williams, Puka Nakua had nine catches, 164 yards. This guy is a rookie and has over 90 catches with two games to go in the season. Demarcus Robinson, who's bounced around a little bit in this league, six catches, 82 yards and a touchdown. And Cooper Cup, oh, by the way, they still got him six catches, 52 yards. I was really impressed with them, and I thought they were a team now at 8-7 and seven, that if you think about what they have done recently, I mean, this is a team that beat Seattle, then won on the road at the Cardinals, um, beat the Browns. They lost that game to the Ravens, but boy, was that a close game that the Ravens needed to pull out at the end, overtime walk-off punt, and then two wins in a row here against the Commanders and the Saints. Eight and seven. They have at the Giants next week. That very much could be a win. Nine and seven. And then at the Niners, the final game of the season, a game in which the Niners may not need that potentially. They may have already clinched, and who knows who they play in that game. But it seems like worst case scenario, the the Rams finish nine and eight. And I think this is a playoff team. And I think this is a playoff team that nobody wants to face. Well, they jumped past Minnesota. They moved into sixth in the NFC standings to try to secure that wild wild card spot. And I love it. Evan, this is one of those great things in sports. 
It's seeming more and more possible that it will be an opening round showdown if they finish it out with the Lions, Matthew Stafford's old team. And that's just one of those storylines that you always hope for if you're a sports fan. Him going back to his old team in Detroit, them having entered this phase where they're not the same old Lions and they're hoping to make a run. I'm kind of hoping that that's the playoff uh, matchup that we see in the first round. Let me throw something out there for you. So if you think about the evolution of our shows this week and topics of conversations that we have discussed, okay, we have discussed the idea that the Buffalo Bills may be the team that in the AFC and in the (laughs) NFL, nobody wants to face. And they're not even a playoff team right now. They're the nine seed in the AFC, right? So we have that conversation. They beat the Cowboys on Sunday. We come in on Monday and we have the conversation about that's the team that if you could pick one team, if you're a good team to avoid in the playoffs, it's Buffalo. Then yesterday... We sit here and we talk about Cinderella teams that could make a run to the Super Bowl. Why is that? Because we were looking ahead to Thursday Night Football between the Rams and the Saints, and we thought, you know what, maybe possibly this Rams team could be that kind of team. Well, what did we see yesterday? We saw exactly why we had the Cinderella conversation yesterday. I will now follow it up with this, Smalls. Is it crazy to think we may see a wild card versus wild card Super Bowl this year? And I know I have said a million times over, Niners are going to the Super Bowl. Niners are going to win the Super Bowl. But just for conversational purposes, what would that mean? The Browns, the Bengals, the Colts, the Texans, the Bills specifically. NFC, Eagles, Rams, Vikings, Seahawks. I'm not, I'm not putting the Saints in there, which we'll get to them in a second here. Yeah. But is it possible we have a wild card versus wild card Super Bowl? I mean, it's always possible, Evan. That's what happens in sports, the randomness of the playoffs. But I don't see that particularly in the NFC. I I know we're talking about the Rams being a team you don't want to run into. They're getting hot at the right time. They do have that championship DNA with Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup. They, of course, have Sean McVay still as the head coach. They have a lot of pieces that would allow you to go there. But I just think top to bottom, the San Francisco 49ers are so dominant that even a hot wild card team like the Rams can't can't take them down. I okay, just, let, then let me rephrase. Would you want to see it, Smalls? See the Rams? Go to no, the Super no, Bowl? No, I'm just saying a wild card versus wild card. Like, if I told you we got an Eagles-Bills Super Bowl and the Bills were to get in, or a Rams-Bills Super Bowl, would you want to see that? Absolutely. We love the underdog. We love a Cinderella story in sports, particularly the Buffalo Bills, even though it still feels weird to call them a Cinderella or to call them an underdog, even though they can fit the bill based on where they have found themselves at times this season. But, yeah, wouldn't you love to see a team like the Buffalo Bills, who everybody kind of left for dead when they had to fire their offensive coordinator midseason, be the team that goes on an unbelievable run and gets to the Super Bowl? I think that would be an amazing story. You can be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the ones fans deserve. If we said right now to you guys out there, you could sign up for a wild card versus wild card Super Bowl, would you be interested in that? Is that something that would be exciting to you? Because I kind of admit to this now, considering how well the Rams have been playing, and you've got the Browns in that storyline, the Bills right there. I think there's something to the wild card versus wild card Super Bowl. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, number to be a part of the show on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Now, Smalls, there was another team that played last night. Yes. And that team were the New Orleans Saints. And you know how for a while Brandon Staley with the Chargers was the guy that everybody would go after 
that everybody would say, I can't believe this guy is still an NFL head coach. I can't believe they haven't done anything with him yet. He should be out. This is ridiculous, et cetera, et cetera. He was that guy. Well, he has been replaced for me. He has been replaced for me. (laughs) Okay. Dennis Allen had one of the worst coaching jobs uh, in a game that I think I have ever seen last night. There was a moment in this game that a day later now, I am still bothered by. I'm not a Saints fan, nor am I a Rams fan. The Rams were beating the Saints 10-7. It's the end of the first half. It's fourth and five. Fourth and five, okay? The Saints have the football at the Rams' 42-yard line. There's 56 seconds to go in the game, in the half. And they go for it. They go for it. They don't complete the pass. They give the ball back to the Rams, who go five plays, 58 yards, 35 seconds to take a 10-point lead going into halftime. What are you doing? Punt the football away. Pin them back. I get that they have the ball to start the second half. More likely than not, they're not going to score in that spot. It was only a 10-7 game. They may have taken a knee in that spot to go into halftime. That was such a dumb decision. I said it in the moment. I'm sitting there in the hotel room here in Florida watching this, and I could not believe that this guy did this. And then later in the game, he goes for an onside kick in a one-score game with 3.53 to go. I know they didn't have timeouts, but you had the two-minute warning. He stinks. What is he doing? Does it bother you more that he defended his decision-making after the game? (laughs) Do you understand this? No, I don't. I don't understand at all. I think the criticism is very valid. This is a competitive game. You're making decisions like that. I I can't really understand it either, Evan. I really can't understand even more you after the game defending these decisions and trying to rationalize it at all. I, I seriously do not understand what he was doing. I got to be honest. The fourth and five bothered me more than it, the onside kick. Oh, really? I mean, yeah, the onside kick was bad. I'm not saying it's not. Because you kick the ball away, they're not going to have any kind of risky plays in that spot. You're still going to get the ball with a minute plus to go in a one-score game of 30-22 to 22 after you outscored the Rams 15-3 in that fourth quarter and you actually showed some life. I mean, I, I, I am sitting here, and I just don't understand what this guy is doing. What are you doing? Fourth and five. I don't know. Why am I so agitated by this? I don't care about the Saints. What, why am I so bothered by this? But fourth and five at the end of the first half was one of the dumbest calls, and they go right down and they score, and it's a 10-point game and a two-score game. Dennis Allen is a new Brandon Staley for me. Yes, if you hear that noise, it's because I'm literally physically <laughs> at 6.10 a.m. Eastern time slamming on my hand on a table because I am so agitated by this. So with that being said, if you are giving him the Brandon Staley comp, do you think he makes it past this season? He shouldn't. He because sh- that's I mean, the question. Brandon Staley, after the meltdown last year, we all thought that that was the end of the road with him and the Chargers, and they brought him back. So if this is your Brandon Staley, this is the new version of Brandon Staley for you, do you think that this should be the end of the road for him? Yeah, and you know what? I, Derek Carr is not good. Derek Carr has not been good for a long period of time. I'm sorry. I don't care they came back late in this game. That This team... This is not a good football team, and this team should be a good football team. Everybody raves about how good their defense should be. They theoretically have, when healthy, all these weapons with Chris Olave and Michael Thomas and obviously Taysom Hill as a slash kind of player, Alvin Kamara. I mean, we know that they have weapons. 
this should be a much better team than they are. They're in the worst division in football, and they make bonehead moves like that last night. He is, to me, the number one hot seat guy. He should, He is actually, I don't care that they're hovering around a 500 record. I was so agitated by this guy last night. And this is his second stint as a head coach. Remember, he was a coach of the Raiders for a minute as well. You know, people could look at Belichick. People could look at um, Ron Rivera. Yes, he stinks with the, with the commanders. Matt Eberflus with the Bears. Yeah. I get it. I get it. But this guy, like, just it, it drives you crazy because it's you're right there and you're screwing the whole thing up. I am with you. I understand how frustrating it is. I definitely think he's on the hot seat. But a 7-8 and eight team, I don't think he's on the hot seat more than somebody like Ron Rivera or a no, Bill not Belichick. Mo- Sorry, n- Evan. Not more than Smalls, but should be right there with them. Okay. Like he, he had actions in that game last night to justify the organization being furious with this guy today. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That is your number to join us in the Dr. Pepper call in line. Would you sign up right now for an all-wildcard Super Bowl? And is Dennis Allen's seat with New Orleans hotter than any other seat for any other head coach in the NFL? If you think I was worked up now, wait till you hear Smalls coming up. There was a move in baseball that is going to drive her crazy. Your phone calls on the NFL and Smalls. Slamming her hand on a table <laughs> next. It's Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. Chris Candy back with us in the new year. Yeah, well, what a night for L.A. last night. Well, outside of the Lakers, I guess I should say. Outside of the Lakers, who lost again. But last night, Smalls, we we learned learned that Yoshi Yamamoto, the phenom pitcher from Japan, signs a 12-year, $325 million contract with the Dodgers, a $50.6 million posting fee. And for those who don't know what the posting fee means, it basically means that the uh, MLB team, in this case the Dodgers, pays his previous team overseas the money to free him from his contract there to come to the United States, a $50 million signing bonus reportedly. The Dodgers have now spent over a billion dollars this offseason in uh, spending for a free agent contract. As we know, Otani is the other one. 
that uh, they spent a ton of money on. He's 25 years old. He won three straight MVPs in his league that he plays in. And before Smalls goes crazy because she hates this, here is Jeff Passan of ESPN <laughs> Baseball Insider on SVP Sports Center last night explaining this. No, uh, there are no deferrals in this contract. In fact, okay. uh, there is a $50 million signing bonus. And on top of that, Scott, you know, we look at the $325 million, which beats Garrett Cole's nine-year $324 million for the most ever given to a pitcher in total value. But on top of that, there's a posting fee that they're going to have to pay to the Oryx Buffaloes, Yamamoto's Japanese club, that's going to be more than $50 million. So in total, for the 12 years that they have Yamamoto under contract, they're going to be paying $375 million. All right, Smalls. Ugh. Why do you hate? What is wrong? What What do you hate that you love baseball? We sat there at an event the other night, and you're talking to every Major League Baseball player. They're coming up to you. Oh, I love what you do. I love your work. You are Miss Baseball. Why do you hate this so much? Evan, because it's gross. It's gluttony at its finest. It's excess. It is so extra. I hate that the L.A. Dodgers can go out there and spend a cool billion dollars this offseason to acquire all the stars that they want. I hate the small market, or I hate that the small market Major League Baseball teams are at such a disadvantage when it comes to these spending sprees that the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Mets can just go out there and write these checks and bring in whatever stars they want want i hate that the dodgers are now a super team this is disgusting i am so over it so you hate baseball i do i hate the financial construct of baseball yes because i don't know why we like i don't think i'm not blaming the dodgers right but it, it comes off like you are no, I'm not blaming the Dodgers. They did absolutely nothing wrong. By deferring the money, Shohei Otani did nothing wrong. By Yamamoto going and joining this already stacked Dodgers team, he did nothing wrong. I hate that it's even available for them in the first place, Evan. I hate that it seems like we're getting further and further from parity in baseball. Like, look at the Rangers. They went out last offseason, spent a ton of money, and it paid off for them. Now, it doesn't always pay off, as we've seen with the New York Mets, but it just... Feels disheartening. Was that necessary? I'm sorry. I know. I know that you're a Mets fan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But it just, as somebody that is from St. Louis, who is from the Midwest, it feels disheartening for smaller market teams in baseball. I think this is one of the smartest off seasons we have ever seen in Major League Baseball. Off seasons because we don't know if it's going to work. What the L.A. Dodgers did, and Andrew Friedman, who runs their team, did, was absolutely brilliant. Why? They figured out a way of giving Otani a contract that is for more money than any contract in the history of the sport. But they also figured out a way of giving him a contract where it did not count against them this year. We continue. By giving him that contract, by getting him on their team, they also now get him to recruit. And now when they go to see Yamamoto, this stud Mm -hmm. pitcher, they're going Not with, and I'll knock my own team, the Mets. They're not going with the owner of the team, Steve Cohen, or the president of the team, David Stearns. No, 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 no. They're not (laughs) going with Brian Cashman with the Yankees. No, 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 no. They're going with Otani. They're going with the best player in the sport. They are going to get Randy Moss with Tom Brady. They are not doing this by themselves. They're not just bringing the executives who the players, let's be honest, don't really care about. They're bringing their peers. The L.A. Yeah. Dodgers had the single smartest offseason we have 
ever seen in the history of the sport. Now, period, well, next it's, sentence. It, hold ahead. on. It's, it's really easy to be smart when you've got the money. No, it's not. It's really. It's also easy to be dumb when you got the money because when someone has that kind of money or a business has that kind of money, it's either easy to overspend in a way that doesn't make sense. What the L.A. Dodgers did was just absolutely brilliant. The way they loaded up the contract and deferred it for Otani to get him on board with them to go and pitch someone like Yamamoto, who I'm not going to sit here and say I have a feel for as a pitcher. I haven't watched him pitch. But I, oh. I know all the information. He's got a, a, a sick arsenal, Evan. I mean, his fastball's filthy. He's got a dev- devastating split finger fastball that he's got a curveball. I mean, this guy, even despite the size, which I know a lot of people might be concerned about, he has got some absolutely nasty pitches. When you say people are concerned about the size, big or small, like what? What do you mean small. by that? Small. He's five ten, one seventy six. So he doesn't look physically like your typical ace or your frontline starter. But the movement, the velocity, what he's got as far as his pitch pitching Arsenal's concern is is really strong. So I he doesn't look the way a Garrett Cole will look or a Clayton Kershaw will look. Or Otani. Or an Otani, exactly. Right. But this is just brilliant. It doesn't mean it's going to work out, Smalls, but it is brilliant what the Dodgers have done here and how they've done this. To go and recruit this guy with Otani is just phenomenal in how they did this. And for you, somebody who puts baseball above all, to hate on this, you know what? Go after the sport then, and which you are, and go after Manfred because I think this is brilliant. I think this is awesome, and I think this makes baseball better today than it was yesterday. It's better because there is a clear-cut villain. Just like when Kevin Durant joined the Warriors and so many NBA fans were appalled by that, that you could add Kevin Durant to that team, I think that's how a lot of baseball fans are feeling about the Dodgers. And as much as I hate it because I I just don't like the financial construct of where baseball is, I do think it is good for baseball because there's going to be more eyes on this team than are typically on baseball. You know, people love to have something to rally for or rally against. And even though the Dodgers did absolutely nothing wrong, even though Tyler Glass now and Yamamoto and Otani did absolutely nothing wrong by joining this Dodgers team, I think most fans in baseball are going to cheer against them. And that is good for the sport. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I think this is awesome the way that they did it. All right, cu- Evan, go ahead. I mean, come on. Just think about that for a second. We're adding Shohei Otani to Mookie Betts to Freddie Freeman to this Dodgers team. Oh, well, he can't pitch next season, and we still need pitching if you're the Dodgers. Okay, let's just go out and get Yamamoto and Glass now. That'll yeah, solve our problem. Yeah, like, yeah. it's unbelievable. Great. It's like it's like going Christmas shopping with a black card. Yeah, and, he, and? And, and other teams are clipping coupons. It's not fair. Yeah, I hate well, it. Okay, but the person that can go shopping with the black card probably earned it. And the Dodgers obviously have money that they earned by people showing up to their their ballpark, supporting their team. And this is a a team that people have rooted for their entire life. Like, Dodgers are a way of life in L.A. like the Lakers are, like USC football, like UCLA basketball. And so I'm not going to blame them for being successful at their profession, which in this case is baseball and making money off of baseball and having, again, the smartest offseason that any team has ever had. It doesn't mean it's going to translate into a World Series win. It just means we are going to pay more attention to the L.A. Dodgers this year than arguably any other team in the sport. All right, coming up, Smalls. Jalen Hurts had some interesting comments after Monday Night Football. Quarterback, of course, of the Philadelphia Eagles. He tried to clarify them yesterday. Are we buying it? We'll get to that next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. 
two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are on Sportsman Like here on ESPN Radio. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Chris Canty back with us, CC, in the new year. We're going to get your phone calls in on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN on the possibility of a wild card Super Bowl. Great win by the Rams last night, throwing out the Bills as a possibility if they are to get in Smalls as well. And Yamamoto, Yoshi Yamamoto signing with the Dodgers, which has Smalls very annoyed because uh, super teams in baseball um, – don't make her excited as a fan, which I think she's just wrong. Just, well, do you, just wrong. Do you like super teams, period, Evan? Love. Love. Of course you do. Front runner. Doesn't mean I'm rooting for the super teams. It just means it makes one team more relevant than the rest. But yeah, me being a front runner doesn't hurt in that regard. <laughs> uh, the Eagles have been a super team over the last couple of years, but not a put together super team like we're saying here. I guess super space team. Uh, but Monday night, they lose to the Seahawks. Very surprising loss by the Eagles to the Seahawks. And after the game, Jalen Hurts, their quarterback, had this to say about the state of his team. We didn't execute. Um, I don't think we were, we're, uh, we're uh, committed enough. You know, you know, just, just got to turn it around. You know, um, you know, it's a challenge that we have to embrace. Just continue to see it through. What do you mean by that, about being committed enough? Commitment. I don't know nothing that I had a dictionary on me now. Um, excuse me. I don't know um, how else to say that. I guess how are you seeing that present itself? Just, you know, it's a matter of being on the same page. Um, it takes everyone being all in um, in all aspects. And, you know, it starts with me. All right, not being committed enough. That's what he said on Monday night into Tuesday. We were all buzzing about that on our show on Tuesday. We played that sound. It was really interesting. Big topic this week. Well, yesterday he tried to clarify what he meant by that. You know, my, my mind was in a, in a place of just trying to challenge myself, um, challenge myself. When I say we, I mean me because, I, you know, I'm, I'm the point guard out there. I'm the one that makes everything go, um, and I'm the, I'm the guy that everyone trusts in to do and set the pace uh, for everything. That's in um, how I play. That's in my leadership. That's in every aspect of the game and that comes with the shoes that I walk in. And so this is a challenge to myself. I think it's just a situation where we are, you know, where this is something that we're going through, not something we're stuck in. All of that starts with me. Um, and that's something that I, that I own. You know, that's something that I take responsibility in and I've never shied away from. 
And so I embrace that challenge. The last thing I want to do is leave that, leave that field and feel like I let my teammates down, feel like I didn't do enough for my teammates. Smalls, yes. I think Jalen Hurts is one of the easiest players in all of sports to like. I don't think he's the second-best quarterback in the league, but I think he's one of the easiest players in all of sports to like on the field, off the field, dating back to his Alabama days, getting benched at halftime for Tua, and then supporting his teammate. And then just he's just a, a an easy guy to like. There's no part of me that believes his comments on Monday night were about himself. I'm sorry. I don't believe what he said yesterday. And why not? You're telling me he walked off that field last night, excuse me, on Monday night, and, and said, we need better commitment, and he was talking about himself? Come well, he on. Did, he did end it by saying it starts with me. Of course it's, well, yeah, you play quarterback. Like, if you're always going to say that as a quarterback. You really want to sit there and think that his, his critique on Monday night after losing to Seattle and blowing that lead was about himself? I don't buy that. I'm sorry. I don't know who specifically it was about or what specifically it was about. That part I haven't been able to figure out personally, but I know know that that was not about Jalen Hurts on Monday night. Well, I think context matters, right? And this is somebody who is very unproblematic. When he said something about commitment and he said something of that nature after a loss, it's pretty out of character for Jalen Hurts. He's not somebody to call out his teammates in, in that manner. But you also have to think about everything that led up to that. This was someone who was so sick, dealing with an illness, that he had to fly separately from his teammates to even get to the game. Think about when you're sick and if you're that sick that you can't even be around people and then you go out and you play an entire football game. You heard it in his voice, Evan. He was absolutely gassed. And I just want if one of two things happened if that's how he really feels if he does feel like some of his teammates aren't committed enough and because he was so out of sorts he let something like that slip it was kind of a 40 and slip because he didn't have all his defenses up because he's dealing with an illness or if he really did mean it starts with me I have to be better I'm going to be the one that is leading this charge to turn the page because we're better than this and because he was sick he wasn't able to articulate it effectively enough I I don't know which way it was but I do think his illness played a factor in this because we don't normally see stuff like this out of, out of Jalen Hurts. Smalls, you know what being really sick and having to go to work differently but showing up to work sounds like to me? What? Commitment. Sounds like commitment. <laughs> That's exactly what it sounds like. Like, oh, Smalls, Smalls is really sick. She doesn't feel well. She had to take a different way to get to work today, but she's here for the four hours. We are fortunate enough to be on the air every single morning here on Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. You know... She's committed to the show. So there's no way he was. You just proved the point. There's no way he was talking about himself. You made the point. He's talking about something else so he could redirect it and bring it towards him because he knows he can handle it. There's no way in that moment on Monday night he was talking about Jalen Hurst. No way. But he did say that he didn't do his job good enough. Which, okay, he's right about that. But but he used the word commitment. Right. But also simultaneously he was calling himself out. Like, in that same soundbite, he says it starts with me. Like, he's talking about himself. So I can understand that he's trying to spin it that way. Yeah, it wasn't about him. Come on. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, so Anna say ESPN. I think it was about the rest of the – I think it was literally exactly what you said, but the opposite. Meaning, I had to take another plane. I'm beyond <laughs> exhausted and sick right now. And I go out there and try to ball out. And I see this guy lollygagging around and this guy not doing his job, et cetera, et cetera. It's about everybody else. Jared in Louisiana joins us at 94.7, wanting to chime in Thursday night football last night. Great win by the Rams over the Saints. Could we see a wild card versus wild card Super Bowl this year, Jared? I do. I would I would like to see one. I just think of 
three Super Bowls in my lifetime, uh, the best, some of the best. The Giants barely getting in and beating the Patriots twice, and then the Cardinals and Steelers. I'm not sure if all of those were wild card, but I know the Cardinals and Giants barely got in those years, and the games were absolutely phenomenal. And, yeah, there, uh, there's something to that, they, for sure. There's something to that. The idea of you know the team barely getting in or the team a couple of games over or whatever it is, and then making that big run to the Super Bowl. Ryan in Alabama listening on Sirius XM Channel 80. What's up, Ryan? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. It's always a good listen to you on the woodwork. I uh, wanted to call about the Dodgers, and I don't think what they're doing is smart. They're just hedging their bets for the next 10 years. Instead of getting three World Series, they're trying to get six. We don't know what's going to happen with Otani over the next 10 years, and we don't know if he's going to be able to pitch the next 10 years. On the other side, after those 10 years, that $68 million that they have to pay for the following 10 years, it's going to cost them three superstars every year. Right, but remember something. When, and, and what I'm saying here about them having a brilliant offseason is how do we get the best player arguably in the sport without sacrificing our ability to get other great players and then utilizing the skills of that best player off the field to recruit another great player. I'm not suggesting they're winning the World Series because of it. I'm not suggesting 10 years from now it's going to make sense because of it. But the people who are in the place to do this right now are not going to be in that spot 10 years from now based on all history and all sports. That's why Smalls, I think it's really smart how they've been handling this offseason. Yeah, Evan, it is. It's smart in the way that they were able to put the puzzle together. Correct. And let's not forget, they gave him $700 million. Not every team is going to be able to do that. The bill is going to come due at some times. And not every team can shoulder that sort of financial burden. And I know it was creative and he's deferring the money and he's getting paid like a middle reliever right now because he's deferring $68 million a year, which allows them to go out and acquire the pitching that they desperately need in order to compete for a World Series. But the bill is going to come due at some point and it's much easier to say yes to a team that is going to give you $700 million. Coming up, which teams do we have faith in to make the postseason? We'll find out next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. What's that? This is four downs. First down. Four Downs, brought to you by GEICO. Insurance can be hard. That's why GEICO makes it easy with 24-7 claim service and on-the-go policy info in the app. It's easy to GEICO. Hello, Michelle Smallman. Evan Cohen with you. Four Downs, four questions around the NFL. 
And Smalls, you know who has the four questions today? Who is it? It's no longer Fluno, Florida Nuno. It's just regular Nuno as he's back in Connecticut. Wow, that's kind of harsh. Just like this weather. Sucks. All right, guys. What's harsh about that? Where are you, Nuno, currently? I'm in Connecticut. All right, so here's the question. (laughs) Four games, same question. Which team do you have more faith in making noise in the playoff? Okay. okay. First game and first down, Jags at Bucks. Which team do you have more faith in making noise in the playoff? Michelle, I'll start with you. I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. I know, Evan. You're, I know you're going to go with Jacksonville because you love the Jags this year and you love Trevor Lawrence. But I don't know what version of Trevor Lawrence we're going to get for the remainder of the season. Tampa Bay's won three straight and their remaining schedule, Jacksonville, the Saints, Carolina. They have a very winnable stretch. I think they could really continue to build on that momentum as they get into the playoffs. Baker Mayfield is playing great. I'm going with Tampa Bay. Okay. Has Tampa Bay impressed me this year? Absolutely. Has Baker Mayfield played much better than I ever would have anticipated? Yes. I've always liked Todd Bowles, their head coach, so give him credit. They have been excellent this year. Again, do not get me wrong on that. But you do realize, Smalls, which I know you do, so I'm saying this facetiously, they are going to play whoever doesn't win the NFC East in the first round, which means they will host a first-round playoff game against either Dallas or Philly. Conversely, the Jaguars are going to win the AFC South. That is going to happen. More likely than not, they are going to face the Cleveland Browns in the first round. That's not easy. I get that. But Jacksonville is the the right answer here. Okay, Trevor Lawrence is in concussion protocol. They're really banged up. Christian Kirk has a groin. Zay Zay Jones has a hamstring and knee issue. They're not going to play in this game. Also, when you talk about the Cowboys and the Eagles potentially yes. playing Tampa Bay, do the Eagles not look crazy vulnerable right now? Do we not put Dallas as a team that could absolutely have a first-round upset in the playoffs? This is the Dallas Cowboys. They find ways to disappoint in the postseason, Evan. I mean, you just made pretty bold statements there. You think the Tampa Bay if you think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could upset the Cowboys or the Eagles, then you definitely are riding that idea of a wild card Super Bowl. Then we're, I mean, I'll, although I guess Tampa wouldn't be a wild card in that spot. I shouldn't say. See, this is where now this is where I'm tricky. thrown off. Yeah, right. Because they're actually the the Cinderella Super Bowl would be more so for you. There you uh, go. All right, second down. Second down. All right, Evan. I'll start with you. Bengals at Steelers. Which team do you have more faith in making some noise in the playoffs? Okay, my answer is like neither of them, <laughs> but. But I know Jamar Chase banged up, not playing. I'm going to go with the Bengals simply because I like their quarterback situation more than I like the Steelers quarterback situation. And their quarterback is actually out for the year in Joe Burrow. And I still like their quarterback situation better than Pittsburgh. I think there's something here with Jake Browning. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying he's purdy. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there is something here with the guy that his completion percentage is as high as it is, and he's just doing his job, and he's getting his weapons to football. I kind of like what's going on there. And I like the fact that DJ Hodge and Tony Pike and Mo Edgar from ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati 
support our show. So I'm going there. I'm going to Cincinnati <laughs> in that spot. You can go whichever way that you want. Whatever factors lead you down that path, I'm all for it. But the Steelers, they've dropped three straight. The Bengals are on a bit of a hot streak. Jake Browning has been really a revelation in place of Joe Burrow. He's been really great. He's completed 76% of his passes, 1,180 yards, six touchdowns in his four games as a starter. I actually have confidence in Jake Browning that he could get the job done. Third down, you know. Third down. Probably the second biggest game of the weekend, Cowboys at Dolphins. So Michelle- okay, wait a second. What? We have to define weekend. This is the biggest game of the weekend. The biggest game of the slate this week would be the Niners and the Ravens. That's Monday. Can't you, really? you can't, I'm just saying, Nuno, you can't consider Monday the weekend. Just saying. Yes, you can. You it's, can? It's the Christmas weekend. It's a long holiday weekend. You can absolutely just lump it all together and call it the weekend. All right, fine. All right. Fine. This, the second biggest <laughs> game of the of Week 16 in the NFL. Oh, there you Cowboys go, Nuno. At Bang, uh, Cowboys at Dolphins. Michelle, which team do you have more faith in making some noise in the playoffs? This one is tough, obviously. I... Can I say TBD? Because no. I- <laughs> no. What are you talking about? Why would we do four downs brought to you by Geico if we're going to do TBD? Then I'll say TBD on all of these. Oh, I'll wait till February, Nuno, and I'll retroactively give you answers. <laughs> Hang on, because I'm going to learn a lot about the Dolphins in the next three weeks. They haven't beat anyone of, sig- of sig- significance this season. If they could beat the Cowboys, the Ravens, or the Bills, if they could even get one of those games out of the way and have that signature win on their schedule, I would pick the Dolphins. But until I see that, oh my I have God. to default to the Cowboys. Oh, my God. All right, let me give my smalls answer. It could be the Dolphins, or you know what? It could be the Cowboys with Dak Prescott. Come on. I need to see a signature win from the Dolphins in order for me to believe in them. I said this about the Cowboys minutes ago. They find ways to cough it up in the playoffs. So even though I look at the Dallas Cowboys and they have more impressive wins to me, as of at this point – I still historically do not believe in the Cowboys to make it happen in the playoffs. So I want to pick the Dolphins, but I have to see a signature win from them. Fair? So you, no! That's <laughs> not the purpose of this game. Does anyone in Bristol right now know which team Michelle just picked? Because I have no idea. I'll pick the Dolphins. I'm going to pick the Dolphins. Okay. Because you, you initially picked both of them, and then you picked against both of them. So yes. my answer my answer would be the <laughs> Cowboys. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cowboys on this one. Just because of the fact that I think when you look at the Cowboys, they are better built, I think, for the postseason here because I think that their game should translate. I think the Dolphins, bad weather. If it's cold, they can't play as fast. So I'll go with the Cowboys. And, yeah, the fact that the Dolphins haven't had that big win yet, we're still hanging over them. And whether it's fair or not, it's just true. Well, hold on. Would you pick the Cowboys if they were on the road? Yeah, no, I thought I was clear. You were, you can't then ask the follow-ups to make me go into the gray area that you just lived in. I picked the Dallas Cowboys. You picked yes and no simultaneously. Yeah, I did. Well, this one's tough. This one's really tough. They're all tough. That's why he's asking no, them. this one's the most tough. This is the toughest one. No. And, the, and the, this third down is the toughest down. Absolutely. Smalls, he, didn't <laughs> get, he did not just give us, um, let's see here. Which team do you have more faith in in the postseason? The Eagles or the Giants? He didn't do that. He gave us ones that are debatable for a reason. Huh? No, no, no. Go ahead. Fourth down. Fourth down. All right. 
Last game, Ravens 49ers, biggest game of week 16. <laughs> which, Evan, which team do you have more faith in making noise in the playoffs? Well, Nuno, I'm glad you asked. I really think both of them. Um, I think they both could be great, and they're both great. I really like both of them. They're just wonderful football teams. The Niners. The, the answer is the Niners. <laughs> this is not an anti-Ravens take because I do think the Ravens – I think this if – we, if we said this is the first of two matchups for them this year – I'd believe it. But because of the fact that for the better part of the last month, guys, I have said the Niners are winning the Super Bowl, I'm not backing off. That said, if th- again, if this is the Super Bowl, it would not surprise me. I think this is the Super Bowl matchup. I would be shocked if this is not the Super Bowl matchup. And since I have to pick one of these teams, I'm going to pick the 49ers. When healthy, top to bottom, they're the most dominant team in the NFL. And again, I'm with you. This is not an anti-Ravens take at all because I think the Ravens will represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. But if if this is a Super Bowl matchup, sitting here on December 22nd, I'm going to pick the San Francisco 49ers. Just to recap. (laughs) <laughs> Who does Michelle Smallman like in the AFC right now? She likes Baltimore, Miami, Kansas City, Jacksonville, Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Indy. And her NFC breakdown includes San Francisco, Dallas, Detroit, Tampa, Philly, the Rams, and the Vikings. So we'll see. I mean, yeah. you know, she likes all of them. She has 14 teams she thinks could go to the Super Bowl this year. Coming up, we'll get deeper into that Dallas and Miami game. Plus, did a coach get himself fired last night? It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.